Welcome to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, your host, Dawn Owen. I'm a wife, a mom, and an entrepreneur, a speaker, a zero BS coach, and a lover of the high vibe life. I help business leaders like you create huge breakthroughs in their life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and impact you want and deserve. In this podcast, you will hear me talk all about mindset, money, and magic. The power trio that I know will get you where you want to go fast. This is the High Vibe Tribe podcast. very exciting we've got another AMA episode that's ask me anything so I've got loads of them so we better get on we won't get through them all today we'll be doing another one exciting so this is a really interesting one so this is from the lovely Claire Bannister who has had some very high-flying jobs in some big companies that's all I can say. I'd have to kill you. I'll let her fill you in at some point. But Claire is currently on a journey to retrain as a coach. So all I can say is watch this space. But Claire asked, what do you think your husband would say your worst trait was and why? So I can't really answer that, can I? Because I would say, you have no worst traits, my darling. So you know what? He's been dying to get on the podcast. Let's ask him. Mr. K is in the house. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, this you look, you're not getting a very big part, so don't worry. It's okay, that's fine. So <clears throat> Claire said, What would your husband say is your worst trait and why? Oh well, uh, top there's a top two. Uh, oh, only two. <laughs> I'm amazed. There's only two. Wait, so, yes. So to put it in this context of your podcast, I would say working when you should be taking time off is. It's the delete button. Hold on. No, so because <laughs> we have a strong work ethic in our house, and that includes the young adults, and you hold me to account, and we hold each other to account, don't we? quite a lot so stop me from working mm-hmm. when I should be resting or R and Ring. Yeah. And so that's your top worst that's my trait. Worst trait. Uh, as well as, no, as I, was well, gonna, I will come to the other one, but let, let's just talk about that because I do I will agree with that. <clears throat> that is one of my worst traits. I could probably write a longer list myself. Yeah, that is definitely one of my worst traits. And I think what it is, I think it is difficult for us when we or challenging for us when we have our own businesses and we just love what we do don't you think I agree yeah and so it doesn't feel like work and so you know I have a lovely office at home it's on the downstairs floor as well so it's super easy to just you know oh just nip in and look at this and then invariably you get dragged into something and I think so the other part of Claire's question was why? What? Why is that a bad trait for me, particularly? Well, because you've got to practice what you preach, haven't you? Yeah, definitely that. And I was thinking from myself, I do recognise it when I'm doing too much. So, shall we say, I just did the air quotes thing, peeps? But I recognise it 
not too late, but I think a bit far down the line. So it's really pertinent, I think, at the minute, because I'm in one of those phases right now, I would say. I've been burning the business candle at both ends, shall we say, and I do recognise it. And at the moment, and I'm good with it because I enjoy it so much, but, like, I am doing work at the weekends not all weekend so I do get my lie-in and my rocky road everyone knows about our rocky road and coffee routine well, I hope you don't go into too much <laughs> no it stops there it stops there and <laughs> and so now I'm currently looking at my diary to go okay so when can I book in a weekend off for myself and you know you have commitments to don't you and stuff like that but in general I'm quite protective of the weekends I think aren't I yeah. you're more of a social bunny than me you would want to do more social things and sometimes on a weekend I'm like no because I just want to kind of recharge so I am aware of that element I think what I need to get probably is aware of it more aware of it ahead of time yeah yeah I wouldn't disagree with that what's my other worst trait commandeering the remote control when we're watching (laughs) television and so yeah you're getting better at it and you know not to go near the remote control during the Six Nations or the rugby, yeah, yeah. but it does get a bit frustrating sometimes when we're watching something and you go, pause, right, hold on, what's he been in before? <laughs> what's she been in before? Well, what does that mean? So Yeah, I do that. And you know what the thing is as well? I actually, I mean, we all recognise these things, don't we? I feel weird when I haven't got the remote in my hand. Oh, I know it's a comfort thing for you. Isn't it, it is, yeah. But, uh, well, well, at least, you know, I mean, that's about, it's about compromise, isn't it? So I'm happy for you to have the remote control at all other times, except for when I'm watching sport. That's because okay. it did get, it could have been make or break in the early months. <laughs> When I was trying to explain the laws of rugby union to you. Oh, but my rugby commentary is quite funny, isn't it? Well, it, in your head. Yeah. Well, here's my rugby commentary. And he's jumping on top of him and he's giving him a cuddle. And now he's passed the ball. Oh, he's fell over. Oh, he dropped the ball. What's he doing? Oh, that's rugby in a nutshell, is it not? No, not at all. Oh. <clears throat> so. Okay. Uh, well, I think I came off all right there, actually. I don't think any of that was too bad. No. So I was going to invite you to stick around for the rest of the podcast, but I'm not. Well, I'm going to go watch the rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I will have you on as a guest in your own right. Oh. You have got some interesting things to say, lovely. No, thanks Yeah, very much. there you go. That's your one compliment for today. Right. So thanks for joining us. And we'll move on our own. <laughs> service is resumed I am flying solo so let's look at some of these other questions got quite a few from some people so I'm not like I said I'm not going to do them all today but Sarah Sarkis Mulberry Design saviour of digital mediocrity and designer of my most amazing fucking website has asked how do you tell a client that you aren't the right fit without burning bridges? So this is an interesting one, isn't it? Because I love the fact that we presuppose that actually we are going to tell some clients that we aren't the right fit. And I think when we all start out, 
well, I would say I don't think I know, but I'll just speak from myself and the people that I come into contact with, who we quite often have a conversation about when you first start out, that you really take any and every client. Because let's face it, we've normally got to pay the bills when we first start out. And we are just grateful that someone <laughs> is coming to take our services. And so I love the fact that as we progress in our business, that we come across people that aren't the right fit and that we know that we don't want to work with. So how do we take a pass on those without burning bridges is a fabulous question. I mean, <laughs> I, I would love to say that I just go, no, you're not for me. I think that I think this question is actually multifaceted and could take us in several different directions. But what I've just thought of there is actually I think it starts to it starts with your messaging because I was about to say I think I'm quite lucky in that I don't really get people who aren't the right fit for me now I might get people who maybe want the kind of coaching that I don't offer let's say so you know, you know like career coaching outright for instance is not my thing and if it's something around your personally not so much your career then you know that's me but if it's like pure career coaching then that's not me but my messaging tends to bring in the right people when they get in front of me occasionally one slips through the net obviously so I think the first thing to do if you are getting clients in front of you that aren't the right fit is to look at your messaging and see how you can change that to bring in more of the right clients so I know we were talking about this with a couple of clients recently but one where we were just using words that actually didn't resonate with the ideal client she thought that they did but they didn't and so the right people were not identifying themselves and just a change in two words that was all results in getting more of the people who are the right fit so I suppose that's the first thing Make sure your messaging is speaking to the right people and bringing you more clients that are the right fit. And then if one does sneak through, slip through the net, how do we tell them they're not the right fit without burning the bridges? Well, I would say that's where the collaboration piece comes in. So Sarah, who asked the question, is a website designer. I would have other website designers in my back pocket that I can say look I don't think we're the right fit based on what you've told me so far and here are two or three other people that I would highly recommend that I think are the right fit for you and that could be a lower investment it could be just a different personality it could be loads of things and that's what I do if I think they're not a right fit for me, then I am going to be saying we're not the right fit. And here are some other people that can help you. And that might either be based on the skill set. So, for instance, the career coaches or might be based on personality. So as you all well know, you know, I'm high vibe as fuck. That's fantastic and brings my people to me. And if you are a more softer person and need that softer approach, then I'm just not the right person for you. But I know plenty of really good coaches that have that softer approach. So I think that's the short version of my version, version of my answer. First, make sure that your messaging is 
attracting the people who are the right fit and then if somebody slips through for whatever reason or it's just a personality thing um personality mismatch or something like that then just have a bank of people that you can refer in so that's my answer to that one i'm going to sandwich another one in here from someone else and then come back to one of sarah sarki's another of sarah sarki's questions so sandra garlic mbe yes i know her She's an MBE and I know her. So Sandra is the founder of the Woman Who Network. She holds networking events. She holds awards. Oh, my goodness. So at the time of recording, the Woman Who Achieves Awards are open for entry. So you'll be listening to this from Wednesday, the 28th of Feb onwards. So if you're listening before... Sunday the 3rd of March at midnight, then you have time still to get your entry done. So make sure you go do that. And if you miss the deadline, then mark the next date in your calendars, which will be the Solopreneur Awards, Woman Who Solopreneur Awards, which will come up in October, that you can also enter. I digress. Here's Sandra's question. How do you refocus when you go off piste? That's her question. She goes on to say she gets so many new ideas, it's hard to bottle them up. So I, do you know what? I love answering these questions. And what I love about them is, as I said before, and I'll always do this. I, Although I've got the questions, I don't kind of pre-answer them in my head. So I've just got them copied and pasted onto a piece of paper here and I'm just going through them. So the first thing I would say with this, I'm going to answer the second part first. It's not a question, but her statement of, I get so many ideas, it's hard to bottle them up. So when I get a new idea for something, I note it down somewhere. Now, I would recommend not just on a random piece of paper. As most of you know, I have a remarkable and I use that more and I love it. So I still journal into a proper notebook with a pen in every morning, but everything else is done in my remarkable. And so when I knew that I was going to up level the business for this year, towards the end of last year, I, I was trialing a new system. And basically I have a one sheet to do list in my remarkable for each week. I have um, sections, I, I just duplicate it. It's like a, what do you call it? A master sheet that I just duplicate. And it has all of the things that I need to do in a week. And then it has a section for additional tasks for that particular week. If I've got a special project ongoing, so for instance, at the moment, I've got the Great Women in Business Meetup on the 8th of March. If you haven't got your ticket yet, you better hurry because the booking shuts soon. So if you haven't got your ticket to join us at Great Women in Business Meetup at the Village Hotel in Solihull on International Women's Day, that's the 8th of March, then you need to hurry up. I will put the link in the show notes for that, as also I'll put the link in for Sandra's awards so that you can just go and click on there and you can get your tickets for Great Women in Business and come and join us. We're going to have around 100 ladies there, myself, Sandra, Karen Heap and Sharon Luca are all going to be talking and it's all around networking, connection and, you know, meeting everyone in the room. So come join us. There's another digression for you. But so I was saying about my kind of master to to do list. So at the moment, it has a section for great women in business and any of the tasks that I need to do for that. And then underneath it has my I think at the minute it's called ongoing projects. And 
as a rubbish title actually because it's not ongoing projects it's just stuff that I've thought about so for instance if I've thought about doing a challenge it would be helpful if I opened it up and I could read it actually let me just click here so let me just okay so on there for instance is a challenge so I'm going to think about doing another like three or five day challenge I want to update my website so that's on there I've got a note to say, could I do an app like Gabby Bernstein? 12 months of me, audio messages. I mean, who doesn't want that? So that's on there. Many chats because someone's mentioned that to me and how good that could be. I've got a couple of websites on there that I'm looking at for when I finalise the retreat. I've got some notes about possible themes for High Vibe Live in November. I'm not going to read those out because it's a surprise. I've got a note to revise my contract and my onboarding system. So all of those things that are not for now have their own place on that list. And that just gets copied and pasted over. So I know I'm never going to forget them. And here's the thing. I know I'm not going to forget them. They're not swimming around in my head, making my head feel full of loads of stuff. They're down there and I'm going to get to them when the time is right. So that's my top tip for that. I used to call it with a previous business partner, the book of dreams. So we would write it in a notebook. But the thing is about notebooks now, I find, is that, you know, what notebook did I have on any given day when I had that great idea? So that's how I deal with all of the new ideas. And then the first piece of Sandra's question was, how do you refocus when you go off piece? And I suppose, I mean, I like to think that I am really quite good at this. I will actually own that. This is something that I'm good at. I am good at staying on track and focusing on the one thing. Because don't get me wrong, when I look at my to-do list for the week ahead, I can easily think that, you know, three, four, five things on there have got the equal importance, have got equal importance, have got equal priority, have got equal urgency. And the truth is, if I am radically honest with myself, is that they don't. There are just some things that absolutely need doing. And so, you know, today, for instance, so I am recording this on a Sunday and I've had my lion this morning and I know there are three things that I have to do today. And there were three things that I had to do yesterday. Now, yesterday was interesting because the three things, it wasn't I didn't want to do them, um, but I knew they needed a certain part of my brain. They needed some creativity and they needed me to just knuckle down and get on with them. And I caught myself doing anything but... And, you know, when we do that, this is the procrastination thing. I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast, is that we tend to also do stuff that is, you know, not really needing to be done. So, for instance, when I was procrastinating yesterday, I wasn't doing the stuff for today because that actually would have been helpful. I was just doing other stuff that, you know, didn't need doing. Fortunately, I caught myself doing it and then just got on with what I needed to do. And afterwards, I felt so good having done it. I really felt amazing because I'm like, yeah, that's all done. It's all ticked off my list and it's ticked off my mental list and it's out of my brain. So I think, I mean, this is, could, <clears throat> excuse me, could be a whole podcast in itself about refocusing. And I think the the first thing is it's being totally truthful and honest with yourself about what is the most important thing in that moment. 
and it can't be 10 things because it, it actually isn't. It will only be one thing. And so asking yourself that question out loud, definitely of like, what is the most important thing? And then doing it is to me, I, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? And like, isn't this like everything? We want it to be difficult. So it's like, oh, that's why I haven't done it because it's difficult. It's not difficult. It's just a matter of looking at the list and going, okay, what is the most important thing on that list right now? And you will know the thing. And then it's just doing it. Honestly, sometimes I think this is a Mel Robbins phrase. You have to parent yourself. Like no one is coming to motivate you and lift you up and hold you accountable and all of that stuff it's like because most of the time in a day in a week we are by ourselves and so we need to know what works for us and how we can parent ourselves better so how do you refocus when you go off piste I look at the list and I bring myself back to it and let me tell you I'm not saying that I never go off piste I know when I'll start dicking around on Facebook or Messenger or Instagram now as well and when I catch myself first of all I will say in my head oh you're doing this and you know you should be doing something else and then I do the thing that I tell all of my clients to do I say it out loud stop dicking around on insta get on with the xyz thing so that's my number one tip and like i said that is a whole podcast and i might put that down as an idea for a future episode so let's go back to one of sarah sarkis i've got so many to choose from here i just what would be good right now so sarah asked how do you formulate a good one-to-one meeting so it's not just a chit-chat? So I'm thinking she's um, meaning in the context of like networking one-to-ones, that phrase that we throw around. And I think I might have mentioned this before, but my one of my first kind of iterations of my business for myself was actually training and coaching people around how to network better. And of course, at the Great Women in Business event, which I've mentioned earlier, we are all around and all about good networking skills. And we're going to take you on a journey with that throughout the day. And actually, this is something that we're not touching on that day. So I'll expand on this a bit. I think the first thing is to go into them knowing what they are. So is it a one-to-one for just a coffee and a catch-up? You know, I had a couple of those this week, and it's great because they are relationships that I'm giving into or is it meant to be a find out more about each other and I think the thing to do is for you to take ownership of that and for you to take responsibility for guiding that meeting think about it I used to say to my clients that I worked with when I was uh, training them to network better to think of it as a business development meeting because that's what it is you are having a meeting with someone to see how you might be able to bring each other business aren't you so thinking about it as a business development meeting automatically puts a different spin on it I think and makes you go into it with better uh, better outcomes that you desire from it And I suppose that's the next thing is know what it is that you want. What is the outcome that you want from it? Because you're right, it shouldn't just be a chit chat. So 
is it I think it's a first meeting is it just to kind of get to know you see if you even like them because let's face it we're not going to refer anyone if we don't like them well I won't they could be the best you know the best person at what they do they could offer the best service they could offer the best product if I don't like them that's it I'm not going to do business with people that I don't like those days are gone my friend so going into it giving it some importance in your own brain taking control of it so you know you then set the agenda for that meeting and knowing what the outcome is that you want from it are the three starters and then within the meeting itself I mean time-wise obviously setting a time for it and letting people know so you know send it sending a calendar invite so we know this is a 30-minute chat and it's 15 minutes your way and it's 15 minutes one way and this is what, you know, again, setting the outcomes that you want. This is what I want to know about the person going into this. And this is what I want to come out of it. And then I think at the end of that, you can decide, right, do we need another meeting? Do we need to go deeper on this? Do we need to know more about it? Or do we need a meeting? Actually, we know all of this stuff. So, hey, you know, what I would be saying is, so, hey, Sarah, look, I know a lot about your business now. You know a lot about mine. I think we should be able to refer each other to more people and I reckon there's probably two or three people around us both at the minute that we could refer to each other so why don't we have a dedicated meeting and you know what it doesn't have to be a long time it could be 30 minutes it could be 45 minutes or maybe we combine it with a nice lunch but let's sit down and have a look about who is around us right now that we could refer to each other does that sound good to you who's going to say no to that you are offering to find business for them. So who's going to say no? You know, I think this one-to-one phrase gets thrown around and no one really knows what they're doing with them. And then so that you end up having them and then feel like, oh, I've lost, you know, that's 30 minutes of my life or most people will do an hour. I don't, I do 30 or 45 minutes. You know, there's some time that I've lost that I'm never going to get back. And we all moan that we haven't got enough time. So, you know, any time that we do spend has to be spent with the right people doing the right things. Now, if you just have a 30 minute initial meeting with someone and just think, yeah, no, they're not for me, either personality or their business model or the quality of the work or whatever it is, they're not for me, then you don't have to bother having another one. But if you have a meeting with someone and you think, yeah, they're really good, then you want another meeting to go deeper on that. And I think the piece that we really miss out is the piece that I've just talked about is going to the next level. And I will speak here to women specifically because I, in my experience, we are very good at the relationship making, but we are not so good at taking it to that next level. We're very good at hanging around in the friend zone, if you like, and having the coffees and having the one-to-ones. But what about the business? What about the money, honey? You know, so look, let's have some action, shall we, from this podcast. That would be good. I invite you to think around, think, sorry, think about two or three people who are around you right now that you have a really good relationship with, that you know, like, and trust, those three words that get thrown around at networking, that you really rate their work. And I would encourage you to get in touch with them and say, look, all those things that I just said, I really like you. We get on really well. I really love the work that you do. And I'd really love to be able to refer you. And I think you could do the same for me. So can we get a meeting in where we spend 30 minutes 
just telling each other exactly what we're looking for right now and then see if we've got two or three people around us that we could refer to. So that's my challenge, if you like, my invitation to you all. Go and do that. Get your meeting set up. See what it brings in. And then when you have those meetings, you take control of the agenda and make sure you're doing what you set out to do. I would love to hear how that all goes for you all. I'm just high-fiving myself here. I think that's a great invitation for you all to go and do. So let's just squeeze another one in because I couldn't choose between these. And this is also from Sarah Sarkis, Saviour of Digital Mediocrity. Me, blah, can't even talk now. Mediocrity, savior of digital mediocrity, and designer of the fabulous doorknowing.com website. And she wants to talk about outreach strategies. So, for a little bit of context on this, some of my clients have been in like a little WhatsApp group for the month of February. And we've been focusing on how we can really create some results in our business that we've not created before. And one of the challenges that I've given to these clients is around outreach. Because here's the thing, we all say we want more business and we've done all of the things. And again, in my experience, we have not. And I know that because I hold my own hands up to this because we would rather sometimes do anything other than actual outreach. So I'm not talking about cold outreach here. I am talking about people who are around you and you reaching out to them. I'm not talking about blanket social media posts. That might be another um, example of what you do to get your messaging out there. I am talking about making the offer to people. So this might not always be for your, you know, top level product or service. Let me give you an example. When I'm doing my outreach, it might be around High Vibe Live an invitation to come and get a ticket for that. Most recently, it could have been around great women in business. Do they want to get a ticket? Do they want to sponsor? All of those kind of things. Or it might be around, do you want to come and join my group coaching program or even my one-to-one? So it can be different levels of invitation in the outreach. And it has to happen I mean, if you are in the place where you really need more business at the minute, I mean, in my opinion, you should be reaching out to people, you know, five or six times a day. But here's the thing. Even if you did one a day, if you committed to one a day, this would bring you some results over time because most of us are not doing it at all. So I would encourage you to write down what you've got to sell right now what products you've got what services you've got and then commit to x amount of outreach per day so some of my clients are doing five six outreach some are doing one i commit to at least one a day it might not work out like that so i might have to do like three on a wednesday and two on a friday but that is my commitment to myself and that can look like messages, that can look like voice notes, that can look like videos to people. And some of you listening in will know that you have received video invitations from me to have a chat about how we might go to the next level of working. And, you know, a lot of people say they get their ick about salesy stuff. 
you know what? Actually, there was a question from in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, and she said, "What, what, what phrase like makes you like sick in your mouth?" And I was like, "The ick gives me the ick." When people say that gives me the ick, that gives me the ick. <laughs> but that's a word that's used quite often around sales and you know this isn't sales this is like reaching out to people to give them the opportunity to come and work with you so if you are not currently doing this again the invitation is set yourself a goal just you versus you how many people will you reach out to this week how many people will you commit to reaching out to each day and then just do it Again, I'm not talking about cold outreach. That's something else. I have never done that. If you want to do it, go for your life. I'm talking about people who are around you already. People who have maybe said, "Mm, mm," you know, they've kind of half raised their hands. Maybe they're lurking in your Facebook group. Maybe every time you go networking, they chat to you. You will know the people that I'm talking about relevant to you. And so you then just reach out to them. Hey. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Great to see you at XYZ event or, you know, great. Loved your post on social media today. Just to let you know, I've got this. I think it's a good fit. Could we have a chat about how we might work together? That's it. Nothing more to it. So, again, I could do a whole thing on outreach strategies, but that is the simplest one. And that is my invitation for you. So, do you know what? I think I'm going to wrap up there because I think you've got quite a lot to do. I didn't start this thinking it would be like an action taker, but actually, you know, I love some action. So you can have a look at your one-to-one meetings, your business development meetings, see who's around you that you can go to the next level with, set some meetings up, see what comes from that and do your outreach. I will tell you this, if you did both of those things and you did it, with a good heart, with great energy around it, and were like truly curious about what could happen for you if you implemented just those two things into your business over the next week, I'm telling you, you would see some results. Then you've got some data to work on. You can see what works and what doesn't. So let me know. I'd love to know how that all goes for you. I have really enjoyed doing this episode Even having Mr. K make a guest appearance, I will invite him back because he's so lovely. Those of you who know him, everyone says how lovely he is. And, you know, he's got an amazing story, which we don't share often enough. So I will invite him back very soon. But in the meantime, that's it for me today. If you've got a question that you want to ask me ready for the next AMA episode, then you can either email us at team at Owen or reach out to me on the socials or all of the things, you know how to get hold of me. But in the meantime, you know what to do. Keep those vibes high. See you later. Thank you for listening to the High Vibe Tribe podcast with me, Dawn Owen. I'd love to know what your number one takeaway was from this episode. Feel free to screenshot the episode and tag me in on social media. And if you know someone who would enjoy it too, then don't keep it to yourself. Share the vibes. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified as soon as the next episode drops. If you're not already a part of the High Vibe Tribe community over on Facebook, then come and join us there. The link is in the show notes. And I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep those vibes high.